Hello, guys. Welcome to a new episode. Kiri is not here. We miss you, Kiriakis. My pineapple head. And Tommy wasn't here last week, apparently. But he's here now. But he's here. Joining for us. All of, for all of his fans, he's here. Hello, my two fans, my two followers. I'd like to listen to me. Only two, but... Uh, his mom and... Oh. <laughs> Yeet. Grandma. And, and Gabriel. And Gabriel. <laughs> all right, so... Today's topic. Y'all leading it today? <gasps> no. You could have prepared it. I, I thought us. you had the things you wanted to talk about. I want to talk about targets today. Oh, targets. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, last week y'all wanted to talk about. Raviola was talking about how, you know, when do you. How much is too much when it comes to helping others? Like, because. You know, we're supposed to be reaching out to others, but at the same time, that will affect you. Or, like, something like that, but we didn't really get to do it because it was already a super long podcast. It was. So. But do you remember what we were talking about? Yeah, basically, um, what we were talking about was through a message that I felt like the Lord had really given me that time. The message that we were talking about last time was about how sometimes you just have to allow god to take care of it and you know it's good to help people and it's good to be there and it's good to put yourself in that position of being able to help the pe the people around you but sometimes it's good to just let god go ahead kid. i'll say if i might i'll say that if i may i'll say that sometimes when we get so busy trying to take charge in other people's lives, are we really having faith in the Lord in those moments? Or are we too busy trying to, like we've said all the time before, save other people instead of letting Jesus do it? But more than that, I found myself, I, man, I love helping people. I love serving. I love being there for people. I'm the first person that's going to answer the phone at 3 a.m. Okay, look. But I found myself very, like, very overwhelmed. And I was so invested in making sure that people were good and making sure that they were okay, even when they weren't even asking me at certain points. I was like, but are you good? Is everything going okay? And I was so consumed with that that the Lord had to tell me, like, slow down. Like, have some faith in me that I'm doing what I said I was going to do. So to me... It's a great thing to love on people and help people and do all that stuff, but we have to make sure that we're not lacking faith in the Lord through that mm. process and allowing him to still do his stuff. But it's it's a hard question because, like, Casey herself, I remember there was a point in time years ago where Casey had walked away, and I'm not I'm not exposing you or anything, but... but and she had walked away, and I remember just having other girls just trying to come back, trying, try, trying to get her back, right? But girl after girl, they just kept getting rocked. And <laughs> Dang, you're no, rocking. Not, not, not Wait, physically, you, but can spiritually. You, can you elaborate? Yeah, because yeah. So, if, you, if you say they're actually getting beat up, Casey like, people are going to think herself. that. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Already. No. We just started. Like, like spiritually, like they would basically fall or get in the mindset that she was in but it took you know kiri and pastor sam to basically corner her and to talk to her to get her back so you know it, it's it's it a hard line Chick -fil -A. and one day i was like because i hadn't been coming to church in so long because i was just super burnt out i was super not into it anymore and i just ended up leaving the church and one day pastor sam he calls me up he's like Casey, he's been trying to reach out, and Kiriakis had been trying to reach out, but Kiriakis was actually, I was still in constant communication with her because she was actually my ride to school because I would show up so late that <laughs> I would need an actual ride. Look, but Kiriakis and Sam had told me, they were like, um, yeah, we're all just going to meet at Chick-fil-A. Like, we got you, and they knew that that's my heart. Like, if you're about to feed me, especially for free, I'm not going to miss out on the opportunity. So... I got there and we had a whole come to Jesus meeting. They literally cornered me in this Chick-fil-A. We were sitting at a booth and they, Kiriakis like was sitting on the outside. I couldn't even leave. I couldn't even leave if I wanted to. Smart tactic. 
they did and they Dang, got and me they back. Let me you. tell you something. They knew. <laughs> I would say um, for me, you know, when people like are seeking like any any kind of help, recently, you know, in the past, I've made mistakes where I would just try to, you know, be that person who had all the answers. But the truth is, I don't have all the answers, and you know. Over time, just becoming more mature, I've realized the best thing to do, or at least what I do, is I point them to God. Um, you know, if they have a specific issue, then I try to, you know, if there is some scripture I know about it, then I talk about that and kind of give some insight on it. And overall, typically, you know, whether it be with you students or with just friends who are asking me stuff, I typically just, you know, point them to read this scripture, you know. Um, go into, you know, start with the Gospels or, or just get into that. And, and I try to follow up with them. I think that's important because, you know, if, it, it's, if it's your first time reading the Bible, a lot of people will stray away from it. So it's good to have someone who's like keeps you accountable. And, and overall, if you're seeking God, you know, that's when he's going to help you out more, I believe. But in Casey's situation, like some people could have said, oh, don't go after Casey no more because at you know because you could be compromising yourself but that's not how it worked out so it's kind of a hard for me it's a really hard uh, question to answer oh, when is it too much when are they compromising your your spiritual life and then you know when is it worth it that's actually true because I think that there was a lot of people they could have said anything to me they could have said anything to me, and I don't think anything could have brought me back other than the Lord working in me personally. Mm. And But one thing that I want to say, too, is that not being there when people stray away is not, is not a good alternative. Because I, man, I remember a lot of things from that time in my life. But one thing I remember, too, is the people that were there and the people that did not reach out at all. Because at the end of the day, when people stray away, we're called to go after them. We're called to be praying for them. And, of course, there's a line where we have to draw where we're like, okay, we're compromising this, we're compromising that, and we need to back off. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be at least doing something. You know what I'm saying? Where that line is for you, I don't know. Like, you'd have to pray about that personally, but... That's one thing that I will say about whenever I had walked away that really like stood out to me. And to elaborate on who Sam is, do you guys want to elaborate on who Sam is? That's my past. <laughs> Back then, he was just my youth leader. <laughs> yes. That's my brother. Yes. And I agree that you should always be doing something, especially for those people that are, you know, that have strayed away. But of course, there is a line and it depends on how it's affecting you and how it's affecting your relationship with God. So let's say that maybe what you need to do is pray from afar. Hey, that makes a big impact as well. Sometimes you just can't be there if you know that they're going to bring you down or something about it is going to bring you down. And sometimes you can be there and be there along the way and know that everything's going to be fine and be that person for them. But it all has to do with so many different factors, whether you're equipped for it or not. Because sometimes you can try to be, you know, you can try to help somebody, but perhaps who they need is somebody with more wisdom or more guidance, like a Christian counselor or a pastor or somebody that perhaps is more equipped than you are at the moment. Or like an example would be if they're of the opposite sex and, you know, they're way younger than you or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, I wanted to add, um, I think this goes in line with this topic because we were having a Bible study maybe about a month ago and we came up upon the scripture, Matthew 7, 6, do not give what is holy to the dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you in, in pieces. So, you know, we were all kind of giving our interpretation of that. And for me, it goes in line with this. It's like, where do you draw the line of you like, you know, pouring your heart out, trying to help somebody. And what I felt like, you know, I could be wrong. It's just my interpretation is that it's saying is like this person who we're referring to as, you know, the wild dogs is somebody who has clearly, clearly made it to you that they want nothing to do with what you're saying. And you, and at that point you can use discernment and say like, 
am I am I really just like wasting my time? Like I guess it could be someone who's like a you know a hardcore like atheist, someone who like mocks you heavily. You know, at that point, you probably are wasting what is holy to someone. You know, someone who's like who's like treating you in that way when you're trying to share the gospel. Maybe you could try a different approach, like we talked about. You know, get someone who's more seasoned. You know, in the church, and maybe more people can help you out. And that's just that's just like in line with that. I have a hard time with that because how I don't like I don't like the idea of like saying somebody is too far gone or saying that somebody is out of my reach or out of God's reach or out of all these things instead of, or giving up on a person because of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, but some people are out of our reach. So for us to humble ourselves and say, you know what, that's out of my reach. I'm still going to be there for you. I'm still going to be praying for you. But, hey, I'm going to let God do his work. And that's when you have to step back. Because, yes, people can change. Things happen. People change. There are a lot of different things. things that can happen in that person's life where it's like man like this person that I like was talking about like I was dogging on them and like man they was really trying to like give me Jesus and like now I see that and really think about Paul like that's what that's what I think about like Paul was a persecutor of Christ but then he turned into the persecuted where Hey, he got locked up. He was like, and but he still, even though he was persecuted, even though he was locked up, God still turned around. But it wasn't it wasn't that anybody could reach him. God had to stop it. God had to do it. So if we take on that mentality as like, uh, man, I got to go after this person, man, that's that's a sense of pride that we have to let go of. It's like, God, you know what? You're bigger than that. Um, I know that you're, you're going to change this person's life. I'm going to still be praying for this person. Like you said, praying from a distance. And that doesn't mean, oh, you just cut that person off. No, it means like you're still just, um, you're still protecting yourself. Does it make sense? Maybe yeah. I didn't word that right because what I was implying was that that... I'm talking about those people that completely cut people off. People will do that. They'll be like, That's true. they'll be like, okay, but it says in Proverbs that I shouldn't babble on with a fool. I shouldn't waste my breath on a foolish person. But who am I to say that a fool is somebody who's damned to hell? That's the definition of what a fool is. Mm-hmm. So who am I to say that somebody's heart is too hardened? Or who am I to say that somebody is going to hell or damned to hell because of what A, B, and C? Because to me, a lot of times with, with Christians, with people in general, is they look at people and they're like, mm, you know, you're, like I said, you're too far gone. Not out of my reach. Of course, people are out of our reach, but more like out of God's reach almost. And to me, that's putting God in a box. Yeah. Of saying that, oh, but you've done A, B, and C, or they've ran away from the church, or they, nah. And I just feel like we have to be very careful not to harden our hearts to those kind of people. Very and, true. And I love what both of y'all are saying, actually. Um, but just to piggyback off of what Jacob said, like Casey loves to say, um, I just want to... <laughs> it's funny. That's like what she always says. It's so funny. Um, piggyback. But I like that. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I really love that Jacob mentioned that because... I sometimes find myself in these situations like I should be going after this person, but I feel like it's not my calling to just go after them all the time. You know, sometimes it comes to situations where you just have to pray 
for them from afar and you can't just be running after them every single time because that's not either that's either not going to benefit you or it's not going to benefit them spiritually depending on the situation that's very true and sometimes we need to allow like i said before just let god allow god's word allow the love that god has put in you just pierce their hearts from whatever it is that you're doing for them from far away or even close up because every situation is different right and another thing that I was going to say was about those Christians who do, it's like where you were saying, like, some Christians are like, um, they'll take it as like, oh, they're too far gone for God. And to my, to be honest, I, I honestly think, nah, like, if you have that mentality, you truly don't know God. You haven't read the Bible. And you haven't read the Bible. Yeah. You you truly don't know. I, I feel like people that say that you really need to read your word and you really need to get a deeper understanding of who God is in his love, his mercy, his grace and his compassion for us. But that um, thought process of uh, they're too far gone, like not only do those people feel like that, but a lot of the time those people who walk away or whatever, they feel like that, too. You know, that they're they're, they're too far gone, that they're um, not good enough. If I can bring up something that Casey actually said yesterday, it was like really crazy. So um, she said there's a total difference between conviction and condemnation. And so like that really just resonated with me because as Christians, sometimes as we mess up and we like we fall, of course, we'll, we'll have the conviction. Okay, God. God, I did this wrong. I'm so sorry. You you know, you just have that. It's like, man, I shouldn't have done that. Okay. But then even after that, we're not supposed to rest on that. It's like, we're not supposed to just, okay, God, dang, I really fumbled yesterday. I know I already, I already repented, but dang, God, like, I'm not even... I'm not even worthy to like do anything and like we just sit in that in like the guilt trip and all of that and then we become we don't grow because we're not moving past it and then if you if you don't grow then you're going to keep doing the same thing that you just said that you were ashamed of doing to God so when that cycle takes place you then fold yourself and it's like dang like you really just went back into this rabbit hole that God brought you out of. I guess more of the story is nobody is too far gone. Nobody is. In the verse, when the Lord had told me that statement, because I was getting convicted, y'all. Y'all don't even know. But <laughs> y'all don't even know. I, he had told me, don't let your conviction turn into condemnation. And the verse that he, that I'll back it up with is Romans 1.17. So in Christ... Our, our sin has been forgiven, and there is no condemnation. Man, y'all, that really hit me. I mean, I won't, I won't speak too much about it because Jacob kind of hit it on the, on the nail with that stuff. Because conviction is such a good thing. It, it's truly a gift from yeah. God, I feel like, conviction, because it, it allows us to grow into be more like the Lord and be more like who God is calling us to be. But when we allow it to consume us to the point where we're living in that, that's when the devil can create the biggest foothold and the biggest door. Like he can just put his foot in the door and really just mess you up. And it'll allow you to not walk through that conviction and walk through that with the Lord, but it'll allow you to stay put exactly where you are because that's that's the tactic of the enemy all he wants to do is is keep you exactly where he has you like you said like you said conviction is actually a really great thing like it shows where you are in your relationship with christ yeah there's i think there are two types of convictions you have a conviction before you do something you have a conviction after you do something Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like just that fork in the road. It's like, okay, what do I do? (laughs) It's like, do I really do the right thing? Deny myself and take up my cross and just, okay, God. All right, cool. Or do I throw the cross down and just do my own thing for a little bit? And then I'll come back up. Do I want to do the right thing? 
nah, I'm good. And they walk away again. So it's just like, you, it's, it's really, it's the beauty. It, it's, it's really, there is, if there's no pain, no gain. So it's like, if I don't go through some type of conviction, then am I really growing in Christ? If I don't go through a pre-conviction before I do something, or even if I don't, there is no conviction before, if I don't go through a post-conviction of maybe the Holy Spirit is revealing some things, it's like, oh, I did that, but nah, I'm good. And it's like, you just keep walking. It's like, man, you really need to check yourself. Be worried. Yeah. Honestly. That's when you need to be, that's the warning sign. Yes. When you don't take that conviction, because Mm -hmm. then that's grieving the Holy Spirit. That's so true. Because if you're a believer and you're not, no longer feeling convicted towards things that you know you have been convicted about before, you're in a danger zone and you should ask the whole, you should ask the Lord to bring that conviction back into your life and back into your heart because conviction is truly a blessing. And if you're somebody that hasn't known the Lord yet and you don't feel convicted at the moment, just know that when conviction does arise, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And like he said, what was it again? <laughs> no pain, no gain, yeah, right? no pain, no gain. <laughs> My bad. You know, you know, I'm sure that there are some Christians that have been in the church for years and years and have never experienced conviction. Yeah. Man, talk about it. Yes, yeah, sir. It's crazy. And I want to encourage people too. Like, if you... And if you are in a place right now where you are feeling that conviction and if you are in a place that you are just, it's heavy. It is so heavy when you start to read about the word of God. And I can just remember now I'm in a better place to receive that. Um, Hold on, because I really do have a verse. (laughs) Come on, bring the verse. Samuel's at. Just give me one second. Go ahead. Hey, just like last time, go ahead and play that commercial real quick. (laughs) Do you need a secure and functional website with a design that represents you? The internet is the new public square. So whether it be a business, a church, a blog, or anything else, people are going to look you up. What will they find? Get a free consultation with Sam from S. Vongor with packages starting from as low as $200. Design results at svongor.com. That's spelled S-V-O-N-G-O-R.com. So it says about conviction, actually in Proverbs 15, 31 through 32. Excuse me. No, 33. Sorry. It says, if you listen to constructive criticism, you will be at home among the wise. If you reject discipline, you only harm yourself. But if you listen to correction, you grow in understanding. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom, humility precedes honor. Sorry. Look, we should be accepting criticism from, especially from the Lord, but we should be accepting those things with an open heart, with an open mind. I understand, trust me. I understand maybe there's people in the audience that are like, Girl, you don't understand the shame I'm feeling. You don't understand what I did. You don't understand what I've been through. Let me tell you something. We all fall short of the glory of God. That's what it says in Romans. And we all have things that might seem too big for God to fix. But that conviction, if you accept it with a, with a humble heart and are just open to the Lord, just truly changing you, and you're not like, mm, no, I don't want to give up. No, you're just trying to judge me. No, you don't know my life. Don't be like that. Don't harden your heart to people coming up to you and trying to correct you. Take it in and grow in understanding. Just like this verse says, and you're going to be among the wise. You're going to be living with the Lord in a new way that you wouldn't have if you still had that blockage that you had before. Um, and to those people who feel like their sin is too great, mm. uh, you need to understand why we're getting into heaven and you know who's letting us into heaven mm-hmm. we get into heaven not because of our works or because who we are but because of god himself because god himself offered himself as a sacrifice if there's anyone who's worthy or 
who can who can, who's able to pay for your sins is God, and that's who pay for them. You need to sit on that and understand that. And to back up what you just said, Titus three five, He saved us not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of His mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. Come on. Right. Preach about it. Mm. And let's also. Were you gonna say something? No, go ahead. Oh. And let's also, let's also just <laughs> let's also mention the fact that conviction doesn't come, you know, directly when you're doing a sin, or well, at least all all the time. It's not gonna be when you're in the middle of a sin, or even after or before. Sometimes it's with indirect sins, you know, like listening to the wrong music. You could suddenly feel like I shouldn't be doing this, you know, doing something that is not directly what we would call a sin, but it would be or it could be capable of being a sin or lead you to sin. The reason why the Lord gave me that conviction thing is because I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna be vulnerable. I'll be honest. Look, the other day we were having a worship night and I was talking about how I gave this girl decaf. I'm, look, I'm a barista. I'm a barista. Oh, and look, the Lord has delivered me as of a week ago. But <laughs> I, look, all the baristas know that these customers, they be making me want to fight somebody. And nah, because I'm doing better. Better. Anyways, so me and my coworkers, when they be walking away, I'm going to flame you up, bro. I'm going to be like, did you see that girl? Yeah, that's why. Okay. Look, I can I can get on people. Don't play with me. And so I was like, and then I would give them decaf. Okay. So right before me and Jacob were up on the stage. And right before I had Jacob was flaming me up for some reason. Don't know. And I had wow. said I had said, you know what, Jacob? Mm-hmm. It says in Ephesians that you shouldn't repay uh, evil with evil and insult with insult. Okay, five minutes down the road, I'm talking about how I'm flaming this girl because she was giving me attitude and I gave her oh decaf. And Jacob was just like, you know what's crazy? Is you had just brought up a verse <laughs> yep. about this stuff. And I really had to have a moment that I was, and in that moment, I could have been like, oh, okay, Jacob, just shut up. You know, <laughs> you know, but in that moment, I had to be like, okay, so Lord, what are you trying to tell me? And be intentional about listening to the Holy Spirit in that moment. Exactly. Afterwards, I get in my car. Okay, Lord, so what are you really trying to tell me? <laughs> and the Lord really convicted me. He was like, how, how are you going to be my hands and feet when you're using them for these types of behaviors? Mm. And aren't we supposed to be that every single place we go? Even if that girl was screaming at you, y'all, these customers be crazy. Y'all don't know. Pray for your baristas. Hey, Casey. Hey, for hey, your baristas. You know Casey, whenever you're saying that, I'm over here like, man, when we all get to heaven, Casey's going to be on the south side of the kingdom. She's <laughs> oh, on the south side. Oh, <laughs> okay. You know what? <laughs> Listen. Yes. No, but honestly, Casey, the Lord has definitely been convicting me about that as well because even about small things, even in your response, yeah. paying back with evil, you know, sometimes... It's even with your response. And sometimes I've, I've thought to myself, like, wow, I've really forgotten how important it is to just allow God to take care of it. And many times I want to take things into my own hands. And I completely forgot. Like, I forgot about that. Yeah, I learned about that growing up, about how you should allow God to take care of things and how, you know, God has the last say. He's, le- he's a final judge. But sometimes it is hard to just remember God's got it. And that's it. You don't have to say anything back. You don't have to do anything back. Just move on. God's got it. Also, the beautiful thing about God is, and walking with the Lord, is that he's never through with you. It's not just about being saved or going to heaven or doing all this stuff. Literally, the Lord will have a mission for you every single moment of your life. And just when you thought... Oh man, I got delivered from this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So Ten next, seconds later. <laughs> Ten seconds later, he's convicting me over all these things. And you thought. Right. And it's such a beautiful thing because it never gets boring with God. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, speaking on conviction, the most time that I've felt conviction in my life is like the more I'm in tune with God, the yeah. more I'm like seeking after him, is the more I feel convicted with yeah. whatever I'm going on in my life. I feel like 
a great example, which I've, I've shared before, was, you know, here at this church, people have asked me to teach here, whether it just be in the back or just with the youth students. At those specific times, like, I feel really convicted to get into the Word, you know, more than I have been, because, like, yeah. you know, just speaking for myself, you know, there's times when I'd be lacking for a season, you know, no, not, not being in the Word as much as I can be, <laughs> and I can, like, and I can, like, push it off. And I can push it off and be like, oh, it's not that big a deal, you know, it's yeah. whatever. You know, I'll watch a Bible project video, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you know, but but yeah. then when I'm but then the when Bible I'm called series. to teach and I'm, and I'm called to like go up and like, you know, help people and be a leader in the church, then I'm like, then God really convicts my heart. It's like, dude, you're not even in your word. Why are you up here teaching? Mm-hmm. And right. I, that's when catching so, everyone slipping. Yeah, yeah. So I just feel like the more you follow like God's purpose for your life, the more conviction you're going to get. And as we spoke about, that's a good thing. And I'm glad you said that because um, now there's there's a lot of like, oh, I'm sorry. Were you about to change the subject? No. <laughs> but there's a lot of like debate. Okay, so if this person is like, not in their word and they're not doing this or if they're not walking this certain type of life should they really be in front of people and da 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 and I'm like you know what <laughs> literally Jesus used I just look at like some of the people that God used in the Bible and I look at who the disciples were these weren't people that even okay okay let me finish my thought these were not people that had the you know they were looking a certain way they had these these they had these certain mannerisms or no these were like fishermen these were like they didn't grow up in church they didn't know they, you say it again? Like everyday people. Farmer. Everyday people. Yeah, Jesus didn't choose the Pharisees. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't choose the Pharisees. He didn't choose those people to basically start and start the church, to start his kingdom, like here on earth. And so um, I'm just like, man, I feel like sometimes, depending on what it is, of course, there are like certain things. It's like, okay. Now, like, we got to have a talk. Mm -hmm. But depending on what it is, I'm like, okay, I see, like, the potential, but also you have to be intentional as a leader, because we're all leaders here. We have to be intentional as a leader of, okay, let me pray for you. I know this is an area in your life of um, you're struggling with, but then we have to also push them in the direction of, okay, I need you to grow too. Um, And how do they grow? They grow by getting into their word. They grow by doing all these things. But if they don't have the platform to share these things, they don't have the platform to basically do what they're taught, then how are they really going to grow? Because there's, there's only so much that we can enforce of, oh, you have to read your word. Okay, there's only so much that they're going to understand when they read their word. There's only so much. So what do y'all think about that? Well, I said a lot, but what do y'all think about just the the subject of um, us being leaders and then people that we are over pushing them by putting them maybe in leadership position when it comes to like pushing people i think the church has been folding be honest (laughs) we have been folding because um we've been focusing which it's keeping the atmosphere of uh, making it loving and welcoming yeah is important is extremely important because if 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 it's not there in the first place then they're not going to come back but at the same time you just can't focus on that environment why? Because eventually they're going to leave the church. For example, like where, uh, where are youth leaders? And um, there's going to come a time where they have to go to uh, another l- level of church. And if all they got was a feeling of welcoming and love, 
Well, guess what? That's not gonna go with them. The strength, the stuff that they learn about their word and stuff like that. That's what's gonna stay with them. That's what's gonna get them through the hard times. Not the whole environment because they can't take that environment with them. Like them learning the the the, uh, the Lord's prayer by memory. It's not really going to help them if they don't understand what that's what they're talking about in that prayer. How do we feel about putting students into leadership positions, even though there may be things that we think that they need to work on? Like they're not like let's like say, they're not there. They're yet. say they're say there's somebody that's not there yet mm-hmm. spiritually yet. right with the Lord. Um, but they're in a leadership position or putting them in leadership positions as mm-hmm. students or stuff like that, right? Is that what right. you're saying? Okay. Yeah, I'll, you know, you know, short answer is like, I think it's a great idea. I think that's something very important to like, uh, not, not necessarily like push them, but to encourage them. And to encourage them, you have to give them the opportunity, right? And just speaking about myself, like, like, I'm not 100% there. Like, you know, I struggle here and there with sins and everything like that. But it wasn't until, like, it wasn't until, like, my pastors, like, pushed me and to say, no, I want you to teach on this day. Like, if he didn't tell me to do that, I probably would have never taught. Like, I'm just being honest. Like, like, you know, and it was, and it's a continual thing. Even though, even though I've taught a few times now. It still takes the pastors to like ask me to do it because I still have those self doubts and like that's me being a, a, a youth leader thinking like that. How do you think like the youth well, think? You know what I mean? You reading your uh, your Bible in general was just, was because we were pushing you in a way, and like I think uh, you mentioned that you started reading your Bible more because we would have like Bible trivia and you were getting rocked. So it took you know other. People. I never said that, but okay. <laughs> I said, I said just being around you guys because like I was before I became like friends with like more Christians, now we rock them. you know, I mean, I rock you every time now, so that's okay. But anyways, so that's so off topic. Anyways, what I was saying about pushing, like not pushing, but encouraging students to be in leadership, you know, you don't have to like give them like the job per se, but you can give them the opportunity because that opportunity is, is what is going to convict them to get into the word. Cause they don't want to get up there. Sound like they have no idea what they're talking about. Right. If you give them a shot to like preach a sermon or, or lead a Bible study, like, you know, speaking from personal experience, they're going to get into the word so much more than they would have if you didn't give them that opportunity. And ultimately, you know, I think that's the goal to get them into the word so they can grow their relationship with Christ. Yeah, and I agree with that, but I think it's really important to distinguish between encouraging someone and pushing someone to do something. Because when you're pushing them, that's going to make them unprepared for a position that should be taken, you know, not lightly. You're leading other people, you know, this is your held to a different standard when you're leading other people. But um, if you're encouraging them, that gives them the opportunity. You're allowing them to reconsider or consider within themselves whether they're suited for that or whether they're capable of being suited for that eventually if they wanted to be I agree and I would also say as well if you're looking at this from a leader perspective to a student you should try to examine where they're at with their walk in Christ before you put them in a position because you don't want to traumatize them you don't want to traumatize them make them leave the church or something like that you know understand where they're at in their relationship with Christ what their goals are and you as a leader, what you're expecting of them, because perhaps they don't know it yet, but you see that vision and you want to share that vision with them. So I think there's a, just a tactic to how you should put people into leadership positions. Yeah. And, you know, I think it goes without saying, you don't just pick a random student that you don't know anything about. Like you, like obviously I mean, us, you know, in, in our situation, we're talking about we're youth leaders and we know the youth. Ideally, we have a relationship with them and we know which ones like, hey, man, I see that you're growing in Christ. I see, you know, and as you see them progress, that's when you start giving them opportunities, right? You're not going to choose the person who just came to Hype or the youth group, right? Last Wednesday. And you don't know anything about them, right? That In that situation, yeah, you're like traumatizing them and you could be scaring them from church but i i see where you're coming from and i think that's the ideal um point of view we want it to be that way but unfortunately there's a lot of times where it's not that way um where a lot of 
people are just choosing students to be youth pastors. I mean, not youth pastors, lol. Dang. Uh, youth leaders. <laughs> youth leaders simply because they aged out of youth. Ooh. And that's kind Hold of... Hold on a like, Right. Like, you, we got to talk about that. Just because somebody has grown physically does not mean spiritual growth has taken place. Dang. Yes, sir. Just yes. because Hold on. someone has grown physically yes, does sir. not mean spiritual growth has taken place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, and I completely agree with that. Like I said in the beginning... You don't have to give them the position, but you can still give them opportunities. Those opportunities are going to cause them to have growth. But just like you said, you know, it's so it's so evident that, like, if you have a position, that's where you have a responsibility to to teach, to lead people. Right. If you're a leader, you know, someone's following you. So you don't you don't want just anybody in that situation. Um but for the other side of this, when you're talking about just students, not promoting them to leader, I feel like it is a good thing to give them opportunities, to have some leadership, to give them some responsibility, you know, in small portions, because that responsibility is what is going to lead them to growing in Christ. I think that I have a little bit of a different point of view. Yes, me too. Um, I, think, I think that what you're saying is completely and 100% true. I think that it gives people a great opportunity. I think that I can see where you're coming from and I agree 100% behind it. But at the same time, we have to be very careful because being somebody who's in the position where I'm like, okay, should this student lead this? Should they do this? Should they do that? You have to make sure that they're not getting burnt out of their own ministry. And Mm -hmm. this, when you're at your own ministry, right? Let's, for example, let's use our, our ministry as an example. So with the youth group, if you have them leading every single time, when are they receiving from their own ministry? They're, this ministry is meant for the youth to receive, right? Mm. So if they're over here leading every single thing, what is the point of having a leader? And what's the point of, you know what I'm saying? And of yeah. course that, Chill out. <laughs> that is not that. a slug. That, that is not a slug at anything, but I remember being a youth and feeling that way and mm-hmm. being like, when am I going to receive? When am I going to do this stuff? Because I was so busy trying to serve everywhere. I think it's different when you when you as a leader step down and have a student take your place. Because that's basically what you're doing if that happens. Because I don't think any student or any within a youth department or a youth service or anything like that should be in a full leadership position. They should be taking on leadership roles. Now, I don't think that is to, that's, that's of course to build them up. Mm-hmm. First of all, we're, okay, so at our youth group, we're helping young people excel. That's, that's, that's basically what we're called, helping young people excel. And how can we help them excel if we're not pushing them in those leadership roles, not leadership positions? Now, um, I have brought up the question because I just wanted to see, like, you know, the direction of where it goes. But that's what I believe. I think, of course, they can be in leadership roles. They can help out with, you know, with certain things and, you know, certain aspects because, hey, that's how they learn how to serve. That's how they learn how to be a part of the church. That's how they learn to, you know, do all these certain parts um, that help, you know, uh, either put the service together or that help feed into uh, the ministry, however they may look like. Um, but I don't think because they are, they are there to be fed. They are there to learn. They are there to grow. So I don't think that they should be in leadership positions. Go ahead. And, but going to what John had said about like, basically having age leaders, well, age students just automatically go to leadership positions. I would, I agree, but at the same time, I do would want, I would want some patience with those students. Cause you know, a lot of us here were in that, in that situation where we just went from students to leaders and you know it, it it turned out good you know some of us so i feel in like the that's beginning a, it wasn't good though 
when we first let's keep it real if you want to bring that who? up who i mean when we I first when we first when we first had graduated when we first had graduated we all were were it's not like we were forced but we were heavily encouraged to become leaders and it was almost like it was the next step of our of our walk so we did it and what happened a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of leaders uh, and you know what let me just speak for myself let me speak for myself because i'm not i'm not here to throw anybody under the bus or none of that stuff but throw them out under the bus no and i'm i'll be i'll be 100% real just do it i went into a leadership position because that was my next step right got there wasn't ready to lead mm. wasn't prepared and what did it end up happening i ended up getting suspended because i'm doing stupid stuff that i know better than doing right yeah and i'm in this place where i'm like okay what's next right because i was i was a student we were all basically leaders as a student i was literally the worship leader my junior and senior year <laughs> and I, that was the next goal and i i just coming especially coming from our group and seeing how that that displayed in the youth the next year the next years prior and how all of us were affected by that and how all the youth the whole ministry in general was affected by that that's why I'm so strong against the case of, okay, like you said, they should be in leadership roles, but they should never be in a leadership position. Right. Because you know, you don't know how many times whenever y'all were graduating and first year coming into leaders, how many times I had to say, hey, you're not a high school student anymore. You're a leader. Come on, let's do things. Let's go put up banners. We let's ready. go put up chairs. Come on. But not, you know not, what? Not y'all. Not y'all. I'm saying. Not y'all. I'm saying. Nah, it was other me. people. Other. I people. didn't want to do a dang thing, no, bro. You really didn't. You were sleeping in the back row. Casey, I'm me. very glad that you spoke about your experience because I personally believe that the transition between being part of the youth and then being part of the young adults, etc., and transitioning into leadership positions, leadership positions is not an easy transition. No, it's not. And I strongly believe that if you and this is not bashing anybody because I was not here I don't know but I'm saying that it's never an easy transition I feel like we're you know you're figuring things out as a high schooler probably you're in the youth and you you are trying to find the next step in your walk with Christ but I feel like we should there should be there should be a sense of I guess preparation a sense of preparation beforehand and expectations because I don't know, Casey, were, did you expect to come into a leadership position? How did it work for you? So basically what had happened was I was already, I was already a leader. So it was just, it was all it was doing. Am I lying? Like I was already a leader. I was already a leader as a student. No, everyone left. Even at even at young adults, I was the worship leader, and I was a senior. I mean, like at youth, all the young adult, all the leaders, the worship leaders at youth left, and I know where Casey's like the only one, pretty much up there, and I'm like, oh. And so. So the transition from you being youth to a leader really wasn't a transition. It was more of a, hey, you're already there. And that's why it's so big on what you're saying of you need to prepare for those positions. Yes, ma'am. Because what is the transition? That's so crucial. That's why young adults is so crucial. This ministry is so crucial. I love the young adults. Because this this is a time in your life where, like you said, you're transitioning from everybody being like, okay, Let's walk with you. Let's walk. And what your next stuff. step is. And what's your next step? Let's just because walk with truly, you. And then they just leave you high and dry. Mm-hmm. Because truly, Casey and, and everybody right. here, just because right. you do transition out of youth over into adulthood does not mean that perhaps God is calling you into leadership in that time. Yeah. Perhaps the Lord is calling you to something else. And so, and that's what, what and that's sorry. what I've been saying. Like, you can't. You need to prepare people. I know that as someone. So I'm only twenty. But when I was 18, I was like, this is it. Like, I'm I'm just going to be a leader. Like, I feel like right. this is so out of pocket. Like, I can't just come from being, like, to, yeah. you know, That's someone's true. pouring into me and suddenly I'm trying to pour into them. Like, yeah. I wasn't prepared for this. Like, who said I was, like, who said I was even reading up in my Bible? Who said I was doing this, this, and this to prepare That's myself? True. I was just kind of thrown into it because the position opened, you know? Exactly. Like, it's like the expectation when you graduate is 
you know, like I said earlier, it's like, oh, your age, you 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 graduated. That doesn't mean I graduated to the next level spiritually. Right, right. I can still be like, a baby Christ. Right. And I've been a Christian for 18 years. Like, I didn't Look. expect this. This was Bro. sudden. How, how are you going to pour into somebody? Like, oh, here's my, here, here I'm going to pour in my cup. Bro, nothing's shaking, coming shaking out. Hand. Nothing's coming out. You're like, right, little drips. Right. Drips. <laughs> a single drop of water. And this, this is the, this is, because my pastor talked about this. Oh, he sure did. He, he talked about this. He preached. He he got the whole cup. He did a whole demonstration, and it was it was really. <laughs> Which pastor? Which pastor? Um, cause you know I got like five, but <laughs> I got like his name is Pastor Clay, the lead pastor at Dallas Metro Church. Um, oh my goodness, he hit on something, and the series that he's talking about is Devil Dog Dare You, and pretty much um he was talking about like church hurt, um. Uh, Church hurt, family hurt, pretty much just hurt all over. And I think so many people that are pushed into these leadership roles become more hurt than they are um, because not even hurt by other people. It could be hurt from other people, but it could also be hurt from the inside. It's like, man, they really expect me to do this, but I'm not even there. I don't even know what to do. Right. It's it's okay to not know what to do, but it's not okay to be led into a way of doing things. Um, so I think we just really have to be careful. And I love what you said, Tommy. I don't did they did he say it on the mic? I don't know if he yeah, said. It. Okay, about like the cup. Like you, how do you expect to fill somebody up or pour into somebody when you yourself have holes in you? And it's just like you have holes at the bottom, right. and it's just like basically it's like you're pouring up. You have a bag of chips, and you think there's chips in there. You're like, here, want some food? And it's just a bag of air. Right here, you're giving out nothing. Nothing. You're giving out. And nothing. there's a pouring water into a colander. And there's mm. situations where you don't feel prepared for a certain position in your life, and God puts you there, and you grow, and you're going. You know, you're doing so many different things, and it's like, wow, the Lord, like I. I understand why the Lord wanted me here. And, yeah. you know, that's that's understandable. And and sometimes we're just not prepared. But is that the case for every single student right. that gets right. out of youth? For some people, it's like, I kind of feel pressure to be here. For other people, it's like, I feel like even though I'm not ready, this is my calling. And the yeah. Lord is going to find a way to prepare but me But what for a this. beautiful thing that you mentioned, really. Because we should be thinking, how do we transition youth into adulthood? adulthood. Where do we send them after youth? Young adults. Young adults. <laughs> Young adults. Look, something that I wanted to bring up that actually Pastor Clay was talking about is yes, we're we're talking about the side of we're talking about the side of yeah, we got to get prepared and don't go in if you're not prepared. You know what I'm saying? But like you just said, some people are ready. Some people are ready. Casey was ready. And you're allowing, bump you, bro. <laughs> you're allowing. You're allowing those holes. You're allowing those holes to be a blockage, right? You're allowing those holes to be an excuse almost, right? On why you can't be doing stuff. But bro, let me tell you this demonstration this man gave. Okay. Pastor Clay, you know, he was taking this little, this little drill thing and he was like, holes. And he was, you know, drilling holes in the bottom of the cup, you know, that represents A, B, and C. You cannot, anxiety, anxiety depression, your, um, self-worth, all these things, family dysfunction, all these things that he was doing. Don't get me started on what he was preaching about because this will be a whole nother podcast. But he started pouring and obviously it was going through the bottom of the cup. You don't say. But he, I really don't like you at all. And so he put his hand underneath, right? And obviously it's not going through the holes anymore. And that's, that's how God's hand is in our life. It covers our holes so that we can be filled. But the moment that we walk away from the Lord is when his hand does not cover us anymore. We're no longer covered. And so here we are. Look, if God is calling you to do something, first of all, you better not let those holes make an excuse for you because the hand of God can cover anything that you are trying to use as a crutch. But also, Amen. you better stay in tune with the Lord 
and you better walk with him because the moment that you step away and you're trying to be a leader and you're trying to do all this stuff is the moment that the, the hand of God is no longer going to cover you and you're just going to start pouring out once more over and over again. See, those holes that you have in your life should bring you closer <laughs> to the one that can help you fill those holes. Because I feel like, you know, God, God puts things on us for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, of course, not everything... Um, not everything we can say, oh, God did this to me. And, you know, some, some things are God allowed happen through, uh, maybe our sin, maybe through, but those are things that we cause on ourselves. Um, but there are just different things that we can't control that have become holes in our life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, man, just like Job, Job, like he kept the faith. He had lost everything. He has so much and he lost everything. But not one time did he shame God. Not one time did he put God's name down. And he allowed that to bring him closer to God. And God honored that. And he gave him more, way much more than what he had before. And so it's just like, man, let let your, your flaws Man, let, let that bring you closer to God because that's really just going to, ooh. And just real quick, I have a verse. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I have, it's very fast, it's very fast, it's very fast. It has John fifteen four. Come on. Remain in me. Come on. And I will remain in you. Y'all about to shout. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Come yes, on. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Say For like apart you. from me, you can do nothing. You yes, are ma'am. nothing. Amen. Apart from Amen. God, Amen. you. Grab the mic for me because I feel like preaching today. I feel like Amen. preaching today. Woo. Have to cut we need some church music high. up in here. <laughs> Woo. I feel Let's like take a lap. So Rip headphone no, users, bro. That's so true, guys. Absolute facts. And guys, that's where self-worth comes. Honestly, your worth, your worth comes solely through Christ. And you better believe that. Talk about it. Yes. That's a whole nother topic. But we can talk yes, about ma'am. It. Yes, ma'am. Oh, but we can talk about it. Because the Lord been speaking to me about that too, please. In conclusion, you don't have to be seasoned to be a leader. However, you need to prepare yourself for this position because it's not a position that should be taken lightly. Many people are prepared for this position already because since day one, they're like, I've been called to do this since day one. This is the day I was born. You know, I always knew I was going to be a leader and whatnot, but not everyone is like that and everyone's going to feel the same way. So you got to prepare yourself for this position. And it's important to have uh, someone looking from an outside perspective, yes. I would say. Because so sometimes you are ready, you just don't want to do it type of stuff. Exactly. Or you're not ready. Yeah. No, because when I first, there's a drastic difference on when you think you're ready and you're not, and when you're actually ready. Because when I first was a youth leader, I thought I was ready, but I wasn't. And I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to, I wasn't overflowed enough to be given. Yes. I wasn't intentional about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was easily, I easily stumbled. I easily fell. The moment I came back, I'm telling y'all, you're a different, it's a different type of zone. You don't get worn out and like all this stuff by giving to people because you're so filled with what God has for you. You can't, you can't do anything but give to people. Right. You need to have like before you're put into these situations, you have to have a thorough conversation with the Lord and a thorough conversation with your youth pastor as well. Go ahead. I would strongly suggest if you really think that you're ready for a leadership position that you pray and you fast. Mm. Because... Because I say this because these kids are annoying. <laughs> test your patience, okay? That is that's the kids or even just 
Other leaders. Other leaders, other people. No, that's not even why I'm bringing it. There, it's so much that you're asking for in being a leader. It's so much that you're, you're, you're asking to bring upon yourself because not only does your um, salvation and crown rest upon this, but other people's salvation and other people's lives rest upon this. So this is not something to be played with. Oh, I can do it. I see that they're doing this. Mm, My best friend's there. Watch yourself. You're going to get attacked. Watch yourself. Because Mm -hmm. you think, oh, you think? Mm, Nah, you ain't ready. Because as soon as something come up and you ain't been prayed up, you ain't been in your word, and you trying to lead somebody, mm, I can pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day, Lord God. I just pray for... The people that are listening to this podcast, Lord God, whatever it is, Lord God, if you are challenging them to be put in leadership positions, if they think that they 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 want to be in leadership positions, Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would just allow your Holy Spirit to speak to them, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you would just allow your guidance, Lord God, to just um, direct them, Lord God, and just um, bring about a peace within them as they as they go into this next role, Lord God. Lord God, I also pray for the people that we are under, Lord God, as leaders in your church, Lord God. Lord God, that we would be able to push them, Lord God, into leadership roles, Lord God, and not take on our position, Lord God. Lord God, I also pray, Lord God, that you would just allow us to become humble enough to say that, Lord God, we can't save everybody. We can't save anybody, but it's through your grace and through your power that you are able to save other people, Lord God. And Lord God, we love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If y'all listen to this podcast, make sure to leave a little broccoli emoji in our on our Instagram post. It has and to be something Instagram? goofy so that people can know a that they're a, like a selected a people. What's our that list? Broccoli, broccoli and dog. Not a broccoli dog. <laughs> on our Instagram. On our Instagram at the After Service Podcast. Broccoli green dog. There ain't no green dog emoji. Basically, just drop broccoli. the broccoli emoji. Tell me. No, you mind your business tea, and drink bro. your I water. Tea. I don't a want gallon a day. Look, You're supposed I, to be drinking half your body weight in look, fluid ounces at look, least. Y'all.